0: This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account. With convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA.
1: Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app. This is Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your host for the Radio Hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Hi, good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is our 952nd, or actually it's 53rd show. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host and mortgage mom, Deanne Saris. How are you doing, Deanne? I'm
2: doing fabulous, Mark.
1: There's the crowd. They just love her. (laughs) And we're excited to be here talking to you every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on WPHT Talk Radio, number one talk station in Philly. And we are the only real estate show in town. So if you want to ask us a question about mortgages, residential, commercial, real estate, whatever, Give us a call. We always answer. My phone's 267-266-5501. What's your number?
2: Dear? My number is 609-605-7153.
1: We'll help in any way we can. You can listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com, or also at WPHT's website. What's coming up today?
2: Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have business tips with Asking Dr. A., We also have Mark's Funny Story.
1: Got one for you. 953rd.
2: (laughs) We also have our Mortgage Mom topic. Which is? We're going to revisit one of my favorite topics, Mark, and it's called Why Do People Buy Homes? And then.
1: That goes along with my topic
2: today. Very good. See that? Great minds think alike. We also have, um, we're honored today to have our guest, who is Glenn Massimillo. And he's from Power Solar. He's going to give us the ins and outs of solar. What is it? What's the big craze?
1: Yeah, I'm very curious about that segment because I've been debating
2: that. All right. So no longer debate it. He will answer all your questions. Speaking of questions, Mark, today our questions are, can a real estate agent pay advertising fee from commissions earned? The next question is, what do I do if the bank wants to cancel the contract after I've waited for a closing for half a year. The next question is How do you get out of a contract of purchasing a house? And lastly, when is title work to be ordered in the real estate purchasing process?
1: That's a good one.
2: And, Mark, today our topic of the day is home buyers and sellers generational trends. There you go. Uh,
1: some stats for everybody. All
2: right, but first, give us your motivational quote.
1: And the motivational quote is, some people make things happen, some people watch things happen, and some people ask, what the hell happened?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that one.
1: All right. So where are we at?
2: So Mark, we are up to the market report.
1: And there is the bell. So... Inventory is going up slowly. Last week, I told you we went up a thousand from like three thousand to four thousand. It's creeping gradually. January was refreshingly a strong month for economic reports, but especially for metrics relating to housing and the mortgage market, which is the one industry that's not getting so messed up from this inflation the cruel, the the cruelest tax of all inflation is. This wasn't too hard to reconcile in December and January having much more uh, lower mortgage rates on average than October and November. There's also been a point at which the housing market has sustained enough damage that the buyers are starting to see more value. This sentiment, now I'm talking nationwide, this sentiment also has been in play depending on the market in question. In other words, prices and sales had lost ground that prospective buyers were seeing more value. Lower rates only compound that effect. The concern was that in February, higher rates pushed some people in other directions. There are already some evidence for this based on noticeable declines in purchase applications reported in the NBA's weekly numbers. Like there's that, that Shower report just came out and everybody points talks about that. The Shower report. Well, the interesting thing is Philly Metro is not in that report, but they always use it. How and can they not and be
2: in the report?
1: I, I've for 15 years I've been telling you that the reason we're not in that report <laughs> is Philly report. They takes them so long to record everything right. that they don't wait for us. It's due to our bureaucracy. We should do what uh, uh, Twitter or Twitter did, or uh, no? Uh, yeah, was it Twitter? They laid off like 40 percent of their staff, and everything ran better. <laughs> <laughs> you should do that with government. Today's release of the February pending home sales from the National Association Realtors add to the case for resilience in the housing market. And despite the rising rates in February, the forecast they're going down again. So in our market, we're I've been looking at our reports, and we're still prices still going up. We're starting to get a little more inventory, but there's plenty of sales. I, it's just. Uh, the, these agents, I, it's just so frustrating. I had I got into a d- big debate on Facebook with some agents about, you know, anybody that got a license after 2006, never been in a market like this before. And I'm, I'm like, this is not rocket science. Talk to people. They're all getting pumped up about AI and automatic this and automatic that. Uh, you know, I have conversations with people and deals fall in my lap. Because I said, how you doing? And we have a conversation.
2: Yeah, people are shocked. When I return a phone call, people are shocked. They're like, I actually get to talk to you and ask you for advice. Like, that's
1: i had one girl, for first time for a while, one of my students. She goes, I didn't think you were going to call me back. She was like a little ticked. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call you back. I got an email from you. I'm calling you back. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, tell us about the rates.
2: All right. So right now, 30-year fixed mark is at 6.5%. <laughs> Your 15-year conventional is at 5.875. Your FHA is at 6.125, along with your 30-year VA, 6.125. Now, keep in mind, on the conventional side, depends on how much you're putting down, and it also depends on your credit score. With your FHA loan, minimum down payment is 3.5%, and credit score can be as low as a 620.
1: They're good rates historically. I say it every week. Historically rates every run week. 8 to 14%. I told somebody about a week ago that my first house I bought I locked in at 14, I was happy as hell. They were like, "You were happy?" Right. I said, "Yeah, I had friends at 18 and 19 <laughs> and 20." I said, "Inflation?" I said, "We had a president that was a peanut farmer and a really nice guy, but inflation was 21%." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, with that, you're listening to good news in real estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back.
0: On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Casares and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. All
1: right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive all the time time so we're at the end
2: so mark we are up to your funny story
1: so I got one for you this one's called the volunteer fire department so this fire started on some grasslands out in the farm near in Indiana Indiana and the fire department from the nearby town was called to put the fire out and the fire proved to be more than the small town fire department could handle so someone suggested that the rural fire department be called like the volunteers and there was doubt that they would be in any assistant but the call was made. And the, vo- the volunteer fire department arrived in the uh, old dilapidated fire truck and they drove straight towards the fire and stopped right in the middle of the flames. And the volunteer firemen jumped off the truck, frantically started spraying the water in all directions. Soon they snuffed out the center of the fire, breaking the blaze into two easily controllable parts. The farmer was so impressed with the volunteer fire department's work and so grateful that his farm had been spared that he presented the volunteer fire department with a check for $1,000. And a local news reporter asked the follow, volunteer fire captain, you know, what he planned to do with the funds. He goes, well, that should be obvious. The first thing we're going to do is get the brakes fixed on that stupid fire truck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was cute. Right. Wasn't there, remember there was one like with a dog in a fire truck and they threw the the dynamite?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You I'll have do to that find on that again. one, yeah. yeah. Just-
2: <laughs> if you have a funny story, send it to 8029 at comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. Help me
1: out, I'm up to 953. So now it's time for the Mortgage Mom segment with Deanne Katzaris from Green Tree Mortgage. And our topic today is why do people buy homes?
2: <laughs> Mark, it seems that all people are talking about these days is the housing market, no matter where you go. Every time we talk about real estate today, the conversation immediately goes to the financial aspects of buying a home.
1: Yeah. Of all the people are talking about, except the media.
2: Right. Where are the prices headed? What are the interest rates headed? You know, should I buy now? Should I lock in? What should I do? Should I wait? Should I try to get a better deal? Should I wait until I can get a steal? Well, when's a good good time to buy? Now.
1: (laughs) I was going to say yesterday.
2: (laughs) You want to know the truth? People don't buy a home because of the interest rates or a hot or cold market. Sure, it does have an impact on how much home they will be able to buy. But the reality is that a home is a home. It's just that. It's a place where you go to be with your family. You go to hang out. You go to entertain. It's where you become part of the community. No doubt. Regardless of whether it's a buyer or a seller's market, people are moving all the time. People most often move because of life changes. I mean, we're seeing it down here where I am, and it's not because of the market. While some may have the option to time their move, others come into the housing market without consideration of a seasonality market or market conditions. It's due to life events that are driving them to move. The decision to buy or sell a home is about you and your lifestyle. Buying or selling a home is something that you do when you have a life change. So becoming clear on the reasons to buy your first home or a new home is really what you should be focusing on first. Think about what it means to your family. And that's really the first step in buying a home. Now, look at the primary reason people buy a home. The number one reason is the desire to actually become a homeowner. Yep. Most of us... Will at some time in our life desire to have a place of our own where we can put down roots, not deal with landlords and rent increases ever again. And this dream is often driven by a desire for independence, freedom, self expression, control of one's environment, and a wish to build equity in real estate over the t- over time. Now, surprisingly enough, the first home purchase is often the easiest you will ever make. Why? Because you have no house to sell. And chances are you have not accumulated a lot of stuff. No comment, please, Mr. Cumberland. (laughs) According to the National Association of Realtors, millennials now make up 43% of home buyers. And that's the most of any generation. This is an increase from 37% in 2021. And the largest share of buyers purchased in suburban areas and small towns. The number two reason is a change in your household size. Family size changes, and it's often one of the primary reasons that people buy a new home. Deciding to move in with a partner or increasing your family size may create the need for a larger home. While children are moving out of the home, divorce, death, the family often creates a need or a desire to downsize. This is my favorite, and number three is the change in client. High heat or extreme winters are usually a driving force behind wanting a change in climate. It's also one of the primary reasons that people look at buying a second home, someplace where they can you know, go in the winter or the summer months, which is perfect. I mean, here where I am, people are coming down, what, thousand a day, they say?
1: I think it's more than that.
2: Probably now it is. But, and the number three reason is the change in climate. High heat or extreme winters are usually a driving force behind wanting a change in the climate. It's also the primary reasons that people look at buying a second home. Someplace, which I already just said, someplace they can go into the winter or summer months. And, and lastly is job change. You know, COVID certainly changed how we work. For many people, they now have the opportunity to live where they want because they're working remotely. So for some, it's been a long time to find a job that may mean relocating. So finding a new place to live often involves a lot of research. People go online, look at videos, YouTube, to find out about living in certain areas. And finding that community is important. And it's one of the first things that people look at, especially when moving into a new state, city, or community. And the bottom line is that home ownership provides a stable and safe environment for children and other family members. And it means that the money you spend on housing goes towards building equity rather than paying a landlord. Yeah, we said last
1: week, it's 72% of the houses in the country have no mortgage. Right. That's all equity, trillions of dollars of equity.
2: trillions of dollars of equity. So if you have any questions on where you should actually live, how much you can actually afford, feel free to reach out. You can go to my website, which is MortgageMom.net, or you can give me a call at 609-605-7153. If
1: you want a big house with a pool in Voorhees, New Jersey, she might be able to hook you up.
2: <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy.
1: All right. So All the, right. we're at the question. So what's the first one?
2: The first question is, can a real estate agent pay for an pay an advertising fee from commissions earned
1: this must be from a realtor I, I got this email to me but they didn't work specific i don't know like there's some agents that charge a higher commission and then they try to tell the seller that it's because they have to pay to advertise uh but pay, they can do whatever they want with their commission correct I mean, and that's you know, a tax deduction they get a check and you're off most, most of them don't advertise. Most of them stuck in on the MOS and it goes out to every site through the hub. And they might, some of them might buy a zip code or something. So their little head pops up, but <laughs> answer
2: is yes. <laughs> All right. Question number two. What do I do if the bank wants to cancel the contract after I've waited for a closing for half a year? I know. So- yes.
1: This This is like a six month pending period. There must have been all kinds of different stuff going on, and then finally, this might be a commercial deal because I've been involved. I had one. I'll give you a fast story. I had a gas station guy wanted to buy this gas station, and he Poor ran into and, <laughs> and he and he and he ran into a some banker, and they said, "Ah, oh, we could do it alone." And this guy kept stringing us out. Every time we thought we had everything, he would call me, ask me for something else, and call me for ask. And finally, I, I drove to his office. I said, wait a minute. I said, are you going to do this loan or not? And I had him like backed up against the wall kind of in panic. And he goes, no, we never done a gas station before. And the board said no, but he didn't have the guts to tell me. And they right. strung us out for months. I went to another bank. I took my guy to my other bank and we closed in like a month and a half. Because I had everything done.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's why people don't want to tell you bad news. And procrastination is the thief of time. It's crazy. Yeah. No is all Just right.
1: tell me no. No is all right. I right. can move forward.
2: Yep. But there's a lot more information that's needed on this because we don't know what kind of deal. Was it a foreclosure, a short sale?
1: Yeah. Not and sure. if it's, one the, it's a foreclosure and you got some crazy bank that doesn't care about settlement dates, they'll yeah. string you on forever. What's the next all one? All right.
2: Question number three. How do you get out of a contract of purchasing a home?
1: There's, you got to have a legitimate reason. Somebody had to make have violate one of the things in the contract. You can't just walk away. If you get a home, if you got right. a home inspection, you got an out. But if you went past the home inspection and agreed to that, now, unless it doesn't appraise, you know, you got to be careful with that.
2: Yeah, Committing. You're
1: signing a contract that's supposed to be hold up when you write a contract, any kind of contract. And the back of your head, you should be thinking, "I'm standing in front of your honor," because it's a legal binding contract. Unless you got a legitimate reason, you're in. Can't just change your mind and get buyer's remorse. What's the next one?
2: All right. Question number four is: When is title work to be ordered in the real estate purchasing process?
1: I like in my deals, it's ordered right away. So if anything pops up, especially right. we were talking last week about the name Smith and Johnson, I forgot about that this week. <laughs> you got a name Smith or Johnson? There might be some stuff on your title report that's not way not. Yeah, new.
2: I mean, so yeah, many- but they should
1: order it. Right away, so we we know yeah,
2: it definitely should. All right, last question. We're running out of time. Is it possible to rent a house and have the option to own it after the rental period is up? Yes, sure. And that's a uh, that's own. a
1: lease, we, lease option yep. purchase. We do
2: it all the time. All right, awesome. All right. So thank you for the questions. And coming up next is our guest segment with Glenn Massimillo, and he is from um, Solar Power. He's going to tell us what the craze is.
1: Very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back.
0: Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate.
1: Hi, welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, all positive all the time. So we are be at the end.
2: So Mark, we are up to our guest segment, and we are honored to have Glenn Massimillo, and he is from Solar Power, and he's here to tell us about the new craze.
1: Very good. How are you, Glenn? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we've been dying to have a solar guy on the show and, exp- and, and <laughs> explain to the public how this works. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the solar industry to start it out? And then we got some questions.
3: Yeah, so the solar industry really got its its start back in 1975, um, and uh, has slowly grown substantially. Uh, you know, in, in the last years, we're, we're literally hitting a, a hockey stick type graph of of how many folks are going solar. It, it's just it's nationwide at this point. Um, power solar, which is P O W U R. Um, you know, we we do business in 25 states at this point.
1: So, I yeah, I read a statistic that like 57% of the homes in the United States could go solar.
3: Yeah, uh, true statement.
1: So what I'm curious about is what's the difference between like uh, my big concern, like I have a giant roof and I've been debating this. I want to talk to you off the air about this. But what's the difference between and how does it work purchasing or leasing? Like that's...
3: Yeah, so years, years ago, um, prior to the advent of, of this new solar lending, the only way to go solar would have been to lease a system um, or purchase it outright cash. Um, so in the past, folks would lease a system. A solar provider would own and operate the panels on your roof, and they would simply sell you energy at a lower kilowatt hour rate than you were paying from your local utility company. So, as, as an example, if you were paying 19 cents a kilowatt hour, uh, a leasing company may, again, install their system on your roof and charge you 14 cents a kilowatt hour, and that was your savings. It, it's, oh, right. it's since evolved um, now to where most systems are actually purchased using a, a long term solar loan, which is secured only by the panels. It's not a lien on your property. And they're financed with zero money out of pocket. So, if a system uh, if, if your home is solar worthy, then it absolutely makes sense to go solar.
1: What do you mean zero, zero out of your pocket? So how do you pay for it monthly?
3: Yeah, you're paying it monthly. What what ends up happening is, uh, as an example, say your utility bill was two hundred dollars a month, with oh, an ever increasing opportunity, <laughs> with, with, with an ever increasing opportunity for it to increase as utilities are are increasing their rates. Um, the way the solar Loan works is, let's assume you were paying $200 a month to your local utility company, but we can finance your array for $150 a month. So that $150 a month now becomes, in essence, your utility bill. So you're saving $50 a month. You've utilized um, any number of multiple incentives out there. One, the big one is the federal tax credit, which is 30% of the value of the system you apply to your income tax as a credit and then depending upon which state you're in states have various uh separate incentives on their own
1: all right so like on a typical say uh, a frame roof that's in the sun all day in philly what kind of bill would you be looking at like monthly to afford a panel
3: well so yeah
1: <laughs> so it's it's that's a, a bit yeah, of an open question yeah. and, and, and,
2: it is it is an open and the, the yeah. reason
3: i say that is uh, solar is is so scientific at this point you can literally have two homes within 15 feet of each other but they have different roof structures right. so each home is going to be um have a different level of solar viability
1: yeah because like i have my house personally is faces east and west and after about 10 o'clock in the morning i'm in the sun till it goes down
3: yeah so you know as an example a, a home facing um, east west with a, a southern facing roof that roof is going to be more productive a roof that runs or the, the ridge line that runs north south where we're only catching the, the eastern right. side in the morning western right. side in the afternoon so that's what I mean it's tough to just throw a number out there without it being that specific
1: now say I was generating so much energy daily can I use any of that profit to help pay the monthly bill
3: Well, so what happens there is a little bit of what you're describing is something called net metering, where your utility meter actually spins backwards. So as an example, uh, let's say everybody's off at work today and the bright, sunny day and the solar array generates 100 kilowatt hours and the home only used 50 because nobody's home. So where does that extra 50 go? That extra 50 makes your utility meter spin backwards by 50 so that this evening when the sun's down and the solar panels are off, what you're pulling in is what you generated during the day. And that excess might accumulate over a day. It might accumulate over a month. So you could get to the end of, um, let's say, one of the shoulder months, May, where you're not running air conditioning yet, and you may end up with a negative 500-kilowatt balance on your utility bill.
1: So so what I'm getting out of that, the way I should look at this is what my average – Electric bill is monthly, and the highs in June, July, August. Add all that up, divide that by 12, and then think about what it would cost me monthly for the lease.
3: Uh, Yeah, for the lease and or loan. Exactly, right. That
1: makes sense to me. Mark,
2: or you could just send your electric bill over to Glenn. Which I'm going to do. (laughs) um, Let him analyze it for you and work up a proposal. So that's what we did. That's why... That's why Glenn came on the show because, you know, we have um, an investment property. We also have our primary residence and, you know, we had researched a number of different companies and this was the best by far, technology-wise, service-wise, you know, cost-wise. It was just, you know, everything that we were looking for. So I wanted Glenn to come on the show today to basically, you know, share this information because it was simple as sending him the electric bill sent us um, a presentation so to speak showing where the solar panels are going to be on our house you know what it's actually going to look like because that was my biggest you know my biggest thing is how what is this going to look like and and it was perfect you know no complaints and you know we're gonna be starting shortly
1: yeah I'm I'm, I'm debating I want to do it too because the way my house is situation and I got a brand new roof I just had put on so I'm not like I don't really care about what it looks like.
2: <laughs> well, you're a guy, so yeah.
1: you wouldn't. Oh, I know. See, my amplifiers working in my studio. I'm good to go. <laughs> there you go. So, Glenn, yeah, tell you, us. You know, what, 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 uh, what about, let me ask you one quick question. What happens, like, you buy panels in 2023. As technology changes, do they upgrade your panels, or what happens with that?
3: Well, so a, a typical solar array um, are warranted for twenty five years, right? That's from the original factory warranty. We at Power add an additional five years on, so we're warranting your system fully for thirty years. The actual system is going to last and run typically forty to fifty years. So you know we, we don't know what's going to happen in the next fifty years technology wise, but we do know that this system is going to continue to operate uh, out. So. You know, if if some sort of technology comes out, um, you know, that's 25% more efficient than the solar array, well, at some point, you still have to figure out that it's got to be able to generate energy free, because at some point, your solar loan is paid off. Now, the system's generating your energy at, at zero cost per month. So, we really... What about maintenance? Yeah, ma- yeah maintenance... Do you got to wash
1: them, clean them?
3: Yeah, really not. Um they're they're set up on mm-hmm. your roof. Uh if they get dusted, the next rainstorm's gonna, gonna come in and clean them off. Um they're really set and forget.
2: And Glenn, how about um I know we're firing questions away, but this is like, you know, a very hot topic right You're now. You're
1: the first solar guy we ever had on the radio in fifteen years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what about car chargers? Well, thank you. Like everybody's turning, you know, to electric cars because eventually, you know, as I was telling Mark he didn't believe me, but the gas stoves are gonna go away, everything's no. gonna come. Electric. So Whatever. what do we do if somebody needs a car charger?
3: Yeah, so we can actually uh, install a car charger at the time of the solar installation. Okay. Um, we're doing that regularly. Wow. We do it quite a bit out in California. I'm sure. Um, and, more and more and more so now here on the East Coast. Right.
2: Mark, what I wanted to do is um, I want Glenn to give us, you know, give his information, but there's also a promo code. Um, for all of our listeners, it, when you call Glenn, cause I know you're probably going to have questions, um, about the solar panels, just make sure that you use 1210 as your promo code. So right. Glenn, why don't you give your information the best way for people to get a hold of you, um, to ask questions if they want a proposal, you know, get their electric bill together, um, sure. print it out, whatever it is.
3: Sure. Sure. Just a, a little quick, uh, a pitch for the company, if you will. Uh, last year, Power was the 43rd fastest growing company in the U.S. on Inc. 500's list. Wow. Um, and it's just, as I said earlier, the, the industry is just skyrocketing. Uh, but that, that being said, um, way to reach me is G-M-A-S-S-A-M-I-L-L-O at gmail.com. Or you can telephone me uh, at
1: 732-740-7108. Telephone me. I haven't anybody really said that for a while. <laughs> Call me on my telephone.
2: <laughs> well, he still has the wall unit, the one that's on the wall. Right?
1: Hey. hey, I got one. I got my original one from uh, when I was a kid, RE96077. Awesome. <laughs> oh, Well, Glenn, that was really informative. I'm going to get my electric bill out. Uh, Do me a favor. Email me. Mine's 8029 at Comcast.net. And uh, I'll hook up with you. Plus, I'll tell the students about this in the school. Super. All right. That was a very good segment. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 Talk Radio. All positive all the time. We'll be right back.
0: Good news in real estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net.
1: All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, all positive all the time. So, where are we at the end?
2: So, Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which is home buyers and sellers' generational trends.
1: Yes. And that was a great segment on sower
2: Yeah, it was awesome.
1: So, home buyers and sellers, baby boomers make up 39% of the home buyers right now. This is a new study that just came out. Most of any generation for passing. Millennials at the, at the moment, because they're in the best position to move and buy. That's an increase from 29% last year. Gen Z now make up 4% of the buyers with 30% of Gen Z moving directly from family members home into ownership. When relocating, all generations are moving further distances with younger boomers ages 58 to 67 moving the greatest distance at a meeting of 90 miles. That's the one's heading for the sun. The share of baby boomers has surpassed millennials and now make up the largest generation of home buyers, according to a latest study by National Association of Realtors, because they're sitting on all this equity and they can afford to move. So all of a sudden they're making these moves. uh, And they found that the combined share of younger boomers, that's 58 to 67, and the older boomers, 68 to 76 rose 39% in 22, up from 29% the year prior. Younger millennials, 24 to 32 years old, and older millennials, 33 to 42. Millennials are now up to 42 years old, have been the top group of buyers since 2014. So I'm a millennial. Is, yeah, you are a millennial. So baby boomers, and so, and happy birthday too. It was the aunt's birthday this week. Thank you. And so baby boomers have the upper hand in the home buying market. The majority of them are repeat buyers that have a lot of equity to propel them into their next dream home, be it a place to enjoy retirement or home to friends and family. They're living healthier and longer and making housing trades later in life. 26% of all the buyers were first-time home buyers. That's the lowest since NAR began tracking data, a decrease from 34% last year. 70% of younger millennials and 46% of older millennials were first-time home buyers. Beyond, behind this group, only twenty percent, twenty-one percent of Gen X, forty-three to fifty-seven, and nine percent of younger boomers were first-time home buyers. I'm talking to the forty-eight percent of Philly that's running. It's time to buy. Hello? Gen Z, ages eighteen to twenty-three, now make up four percent, a slight increase of from two percent in twenty-one. So, as the youngest generations of home buyers and sellers, it's encouraging to see Gen C enter in the market. Their desire for home ownership is strong. Many are relying on family support systems to help them make their first purchase. Gen X made up 24% of total buyers. They had the highest median household income of any generation: one hundred fourteen thousand three hundred. followed by older millennials hundred and we're t- older millennials. That just sounds like <laughs> sound 102,000. In addition to leading the way in home buying baby booners remained the largest home seller generation jumping from 42% in 21 up to 52% in 22 among all generations. Sellers typically remained in their home for 10 years before selling. That's up from nine years, a year ago. And that, and that's up from, it used to be like five years on average, younger millennials stay in their home for four years, while older boomers sold their homes after 16 years. All generations agreed the most common reason to sell was to be closer to friends and family. Older generations were also more likely to sell due to retirement, while younger generations say the desire for a larger home, job relocation as top reasons to sell. On average, people are moving farther distances. Overall, they're moving a the medium of 50 miles when relocated relocating that's the highest ever recorded it used to be about 15 miles overall buyers are expected to live in their home for 15 years from up from 12 and 21 for younger millennials the expected duration was only 10 compared to 20 years for younger older baby boomers surprisingly gen x expected to remain in a newly purchased home for 19 years they all think that but that's not that's gonna happen i that's like a 30-year mortgage. <laughs> so, you know, 80, 80, 88% of all the buyers reported that they view a home and purchase as a good investment. 74% of younger millennials and 77% of older, older millennials, that just doesn't sound right, viewed at home as better as a good financial investment. So the bottom line is they're finally waking the hell up and stop renting and buy a damn home. You know, we're 48% rentals. New York's 92%. That
2: just doesn't even make sense.
1: Well, New York's just so expensive. I know, but, but still. Poor, but we're a bargain. In in most urban centers, Philly's a bargain. And still, 48% of Philly's renting. Yeah. It's ridiculous. All right, so, when's a good time to buy?
2: Now. Yesterday. Yesterday. All right. So, Mark, we are up to our business segment with Asking Dr. A. And we're going to continue... With AI and how it is affecting our market.
1: Very good. Hi, Doctor Ray. How are you?
4: I'm doing fantastic, Mark. And this is actually me talking, not some AI robot.
1: <laughs> That's right, Doctor Abelson from the Abelson Group. So we're we're seeing this all over Facebook and Twitter, and everybody's talking about AI. How it's going to just like eliminate everybody's job, and then all these Realtors, are, it's just going to make us so much money. And I keep like. Posted stuff like you know this is a tool, this is not going to relate relate or replace the human being. Right. It's a tool. I, so what's totally your thoughts agree. on
4: that? And and I, I remember like fifteen or twenty years ago when there was another craze, and that was the internet, uh, and 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 uh, and and how the internet was going to wind up selling people their homes, and it was going to replace realtors. Real right. Realtors. Well, yeah, I know. I remember we're that. We're going through a, a, we're going through a similar craze right now. Where AI is gonna is gonna help you do so much. I think the pro- one of the problems is people rely too much on technology. They forget we're humans, and especially with the home purchase, where it's for most people the largest purchase they're going to make in their life, and their largest investment, and their largest resource, and their largest debt. I mean, uh, you still have to be a human, uh, and and with AI, yes, it can help. It's a tool like every other tool that we have. People really realize it's a tool, but you still have to interact interpersonally with the person. You still have to have this connection with the person. And AI can help with that connection, but AI is not the connection.
1: No, AI should be a help you with scheduling and making the and make creating, making you have the interaction. Like that's the way I look at it. Like it's not in place of. Exactly. Yeah, it shouldn't be in place of, but but all these one of the local boards that I belong to are pushing this thing like wildfire, and, and it's like I know most of these agents, especially the S's and the C's that we talk about in a disc, you know, anything to avoid picking up that phone and talking to somebody. Faced up in person. Exactly. You know, and know. Let, the, they're,
4: they're, they're all. Let, let, let's go back to looking at a relationship to the disc because we do so much. I mean, the the, the I's are going to be over optimistic regarding what this can do. The D's love it because it helps them be more efficient with their time, right? And because of that, they uh rely too much on it, right? The C's are going to be cynical and they're going to be questioning it, which is great. D's and I's, you need to listen to the C's. Uh, and the S's are going to continue to come back. It's a relationship. So these and I's, which are a lot of the the leaders within the real estate industry and, and the key agents in the real estate agent industry. You need to go back and listen to the S's and the C's because they're going to help you keep grounded in relationship. To how you should look at AI and how you should use AI as a tool and not as a replacement.
1: Yeah, you know, I watch a series on Smithsonian Channel: Air Disasters, and a lot of the plane crashes uh, that take place is because the pilots depend so much on the technology, and it's so their dashboard is so confusing, they miss little things, and they and it's it's the human part of them that causes the problems.
4: My suggestion: not is the technology. Use the technology. But remember, they're connecting with you as a person, right? So if you want more information right. about AI and what we're doing with AI, or if you want more information about how we can help you with your real estate business or any other business, because we're in over 20 different industries, just contact us at Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N at Abelson.net. And we'll be delighted to work with you and show you how to maximize not just AI, but all the other tools at your disposal that deal with
1: humans. Very good, Dr. Abelson.
2: Awesome. Thank you, Dr. A. If you have any questions, you can email them to 8029 at comcast.net or give Mark a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at catzaris at comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-605. 7153.
1: A special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week and downloading our podcasts and our sponsors for keeping us on the air. In fact, sponsors, if you want to be a sponsor on the show, give me a call at 267 266 5501 I'll tell you how it works. We have a giant audience. We've been on for 15 years. We like to keep you informed every week. And also, happy birthday to my son, Mark Anton Cumberland. I made sure he had a middle name so I didn't have all his problems. And Anton, my wife didn't even know I snuck that in her. <laughs> anyway, with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland.
2: I'm Deanne Kitsaris, your mortgage mom.
1: You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. Thanks for listening to Good News
0: in Real Estate. If you'd like to contact Mark Cumberland or Deanne Katsaris, or listen to any of the past shows, go to goodnewsinrealestate.com. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre recorded.